Okay, we are live. Hello and welcome to Embodiment of Soul Care. I'm Kelly, this is Casey, and yes, we are joined today by Taylor. Taylor is a very special guest of ours today. Um, Taylor and I go way, way back. God, how many years, Taylor? Like oh, 15? Feels wanna... like it. Yeah. Something was... like that, like 12 years, something. Well, anywho, Taylor is an amazing woman. She is not only a wife and a mother, but she's also a firefighter. And she also is the CEO of Mindset Reps, which is all about fitness therapy. And I can't wait to get into it and dive into it. And as I told everybody before we started, I wanted to kind of shut my mouth and not give Taylor's entire biography and then say, okay, so what do you have to say, Taylor, other than everything I just said about you? You know, so I'm going to shut my mouth. Uh, we're going to raise the glass. Welcome, Taylor. We're so happy that you have joined us here this evening. And I want you to just dive in. Tell us about Mindset Reps. Tell us about your, um, well, first, before you do that, I want you to give me your, you know, your bio. Like, how'd you get into firefighting? What happened? Your struggles? What brought you into wanting to do Mindset Reps? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So first of all, I'm so excited. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Oh, yes. Um, so like anything, right, there's um, a lot of different paths that end up getting you to where you are today. And so my story is kind of long and a little bit um, unexpected, but <laughs> I can start with how I even got into the fire services, which is ultimately kind of how what led me down this path. So when I was in college, I was a major in fine art and photography, and I just didn't really feel like that was something that fit me that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I felt like I wanted to do something that had more impact on the world, but I had no stinking clue what that was. And I actually kind of called it my quarter life crisis, which <laughs> we all have them. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I really think that a lot of people of that age in their early twenties could probably relate because I, um, all of my friends knew what they wanted to do. And so I felt completely lost. And so I really feel for people when they're trying to figure out their way. And looking back now, I'm like, man, that's, that's okay to, to not have it all figured out when you're 22. Right. But yeah. So that being said, I decided to take an EMT class. I was interested in medicine. And in order to get EMT experience, I started volunteering at a local fire department um, as a volunteer, as an EMT. And while I was doing that, some of the guys were like, hey, you really should try to go for the fire side of things. You would be really great at that. That would be, it would be awesome to have you on the fire stuff, go through the fire academy. So I was really interested in the fire side of things, but to be completely honest, I didn't know if I was capable of doing that. Right. Um, I played sports and I was athletic in high school, but on college, I kind of spent more time <laughs> hanging out with my friends. <laughs> Doing things we do in college. Right. And so. not really spending a lot of time in the gym. <laughs> um, and I also, uh, growing up, really struggled with some, I would say, um, performance anxiety or test anxiety. I didn't really have a lot of belief in myself of being 
smart enough or capable enough. I had to work really hard at school to just get B's where all my other friends were not studying very much and they were getting straight A's. So, um, as I, so as I started getting more into the fire service, though, I started realizing that this was something that I really loved and that I wanted to have a shot at. And so I put all of my effort into training. I hired a personal trainer. I really put a ton of time into learning about fire service and doing some interviews. And as I went through that process, I absolutely fell in love with it. So I'm like gung ho, all of a sudden my dream department comes up and they're, they are hiring. So I'm like, sweet, I'm going to go for it. I spent all of this time preparing. And one of the things that you have to do in order to get the job is you have to do this physical ability test called the CPAP. And so I've spent all this time training for it. And right before I went to go do this test, which happened to be the last thing I needed to do before I got on the list to be uh, um, on the fire department, I decide like, okay, so I'm going to bring my buddies with me to cheer me on. I'm going to, I think that these supplements that I have that I've never tried, this would be a really good time. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Always a bad idea. All a bad idea, right? So I show up at the training center for this fire department and I'm like, my heart rate is like 200. Right. Well, the supplements I'm sure push you over the edge. Right. And um, I've got all of these people watching me, which made me really nervous. And then on top of that, I have, you know, that whole like performance anxiety on top of all of that. And so um, needless to say, I go through the test as fast as I possibly can. And I, there's this part where you have to do this dummy drag and it's a 180 pound dummy that you have to drag um, around a cone. Mm. I can't remember the exact distance. And I kept dropping it and picking it back up and dropping it and picking that back up and really struggled to get it across the finish line. I did it. And then I got to the last event and um, I ran out of time. Mm. And so I had failed the test, which meant that I could not be hired. And the thing that you have to understand about fire departments is that they only hire like every two to three years. Right. So that meant that I couldn't get hired for another two to three years. Mm -hmm. So at that point in time, I let myself kind of wallow in my own self pity for a little bit. Um, I had a decision to make, right? I had to say like, hey, I'm going to either continue going for this, this is a goal, or I'm just gonna give up. And so at that moment I said, you know what, I'm gonna set my mind to this and I've got three years. So when that list comes around again, I'm not only gonna get on the list to get on that fire department, I'm gonna be number one on the list. And I worked my ass off for the next three years and I was, got to be number one on that list. Um, yeah, that's my so, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's great. I mean, it's great when you're like, when you, when you are completely heartbroken and then you just work your ass off and you mm-hmm. make it to the top. Yeah. And I tell people all the time that are totally heartbroken when maybe they don't succeed at something the first time that not to look at it as a failure, but to look at it as a learning opportunity, because 
when I look back at that time, failing that initial test brought me so much growth in my life because I ended up working for a smaller department and getting great experience and um, really getting some cool other types of experiences that benefited me and really working for something really hard made me really value it once I got there. Right. Yeah. And we, I mean, we talk about that all the time. Uh, Casey and I do, you know, it's when you hit that low and you hit that failure mark that suddenly you're able to, you know, it's like doors open. Like, Mm -hmm. even though you think that everything is closing down and the world's shutting down on you, it's like suddenly everything just opens to you. If you just sit there and say, okay, things can get better. Things will get better. You know, that positive perspective that we always discuss on this podcast even. And it's like, when you hit those lows, that's your opportunity to find the high. So that's so cool, Taylor, that you came out of that and found that high and even found a smaller department for a moment. Cause I know you're now on a huge yeah. department, but found a small department to segue you into that, you know, and I think people forget that they forget the steps that get there. Mm-hmm. I think they get so caught up in the failure um, of where they're at that they forget that, you know, you can't go from zero to a hundred or zero to hero, you know, it's like, you have to make your way that way. And every step counts. So yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. And definitely failure is a part of any of the process, right? Anybody who's Mm -hmm. ever done anything significant has had those times where they've had to really kind of push through and um, maybe have learning opportunities is really what I call them now. Right. right. Yeah. Except right. the other day I read this thing, it's called FGOs, fucking growth opportunities. I like <laughs> that one. <laughs> That's great. Oh my God. Well, it's the truth, you know, it's those opportunities. And I think too, probably, I mean, we're getting to this, but mindset reps is kind of like that. It's like, you're, you're giving people literally reps are steps, Yes, you know, in your workout and your mindset is everything. And yes. so, okay. So go on, explain that. Yeah. So, um, and that really ties in Kelly, because, um, so through that process and through the fitness that I had to do, I gained a lot more confidence in myself and really kind of started to figure out who I was and kind of what my identity was. I mean, it's been, it's been a process. It's a lifelong process, but um, that's why I became really passionate about fitness is because I saw how it transformed and brought me more confidence in my life. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the reason why my company, you know, kind of fast forward is called mindset reps is because it takes repetitions of whatever you're doing in order to make progress. Right. So whether that's a skill, um, but it's the same with our thoughts too. Mm -hmm. And so um, if you can have positive repetition with your mindset and with whatever you're doing, you're going to make progress in a positive direction as long as those reps are positive. Right. (laughs) Right, Exactly. (laughs) And they can also go the other way. (laughs) Yeah. It always can go the other way, but that's why people have, Yeah, but that's, you know, and that's why, you know, mindset reps is so um, successful for people is because they have the positive teacher behind them. They have the positive coach, you know, because I'm sure people come in there. I mean, I know from my own experience of fitness and I mean, just fitness in general. Okay. Let's not even put, you know, my own issues involved with it, but you know, you struggle. Yeah. It's like you fight yourself constantly and Mm -hmm. it's like, okay you need, sometimes you need somebody in there to be like, what are you, what are you fighting? 
Like, why are you fighting it? Like, there's nothing to be fighting for other than, you know, making yourself better. Don't fight all these thoughts. So like, tell me about like a day, like if I were to come to you and visit you at Mindset Reps, like what would be going on? Well, so it kind of, so there's a a couple different parts that are going on with, Mm -hmm. um, with it. So the basis of it, what I started it for was essentially fitness based counseling. And so it's combining therapy or coaching, like life coaching into a fitness environment. And the reason why that I do that is just kind of what you mentioned is there are a lot of struggles that come along with physical fitness. You have to push yourself past your comfort zone. Sometimes you may be nervous to try a different skill. It's hard to motivate yourself to go to the gym. You're in the gym and you're working out and all of a sudden you quit. Right. Okay. So if you're doing that in the gym, where else are you doing that in your life? And so there's a lot of these really cool parallels where we can talk about some of the things that are going on in people's life. And then we can actually like practice those things in the safe environment, doing it in a workout. So they get those reps in that Mm -hmm. safe environment. They grow, they build some confidence, and then they're able to apply it to the things that are actually happening in their lives. Mm -hmm. See, that's so great. Uh, you know, I, cause here's the thing. A lot of people go to the gym to clear their mind, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's their thing. But then they go home after the workout and everything, all the shit is still there. Yeah. <laughs> like it is, you go home, like you're off your high of your workout and all the shit starts coming in. You're like, what do I have to go run another 10 miles to get this completely gone? And so that's the beauty of your program. It's like, you know, you go in there and you're not only working out, and kind of, you know, not thinking about things, but you're, like I said earlier, you're making them think about the things that are bothering them while it's going on. Like while they're working out, it's like, this is a mental, physical, emotional, spiritual movement. Mm -hmm. You know, like we're getting all this stuff in line. Like, where are you at really? So that's beautiful. Like too, you know, what I read about what you've created, because like, you know, we call this the embodiment of soul care, right? Like accessing Mm -hmm. the body, being grounded in our bodies so that we can nurture our souls. And I feel like that's so much of what you're doing, right? Is like when people are in their bodies and working out, then like you've noticed after the workout, like with teens, like they're more willing to open up inside of a safe space, Mm -hmm. inside of a community, because now you've made a connection. You've made a connection on a- They trust you. And now, yeah, that trust is translating. So would you talk a little bit about that? Because I love, I'd be curious, like how much of your work is one-on-one? How much is done in community? I imagine you do both. And what do you find to be effective in those regards? Yeah, so um, I do a lot of this stuff with kids, so or teenagers. I really have a passion for teenagers, probably because I felt really lost as a teen and I needed an outlet. Um, And then some work with first responders. So um, for the fitness side of things, so I run actual like group fitness and therapy therapy classes for teenagers. Um, I also will run just some mindset fitness classes for, you know, some of the recruits going through fire Mm. Academy and things to help them prepare themselves for the job. Yeah. And um, then I also do just, you know, basic coaching and individual counseling as well. Um, But what I've found a lot with the teenagers, because teenagers are really hard to kind of break through that shell. Yeah. Is if I share a workout with them and 
we share something hard together, people bond by going through tough things. So that's why people going through the fire academy bond with their fire, (laughs) (laughs) their academy class, people in the military bond, you know, I mean, you share a tough experience, you bond with those people. Right. And it's hard. So if you, if I were to ask you guys, has there ever been a time that you have not wanted to go to the gym and that you've gone anywhere? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Daily. But have you ever left the gym and been like, man, I really wish I didn't go today and get that good workout? No. Yeah. No. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> good question. <laughs> so, you know, it's the same for the kids. A lot of times they'll be, might be nervous. They might, um, not be in the greatest mood, but for the most part, they're going to leave the gym and I, I'll, I'll have them track this too in a better place. And mm-hmm. it's a really good way to explore like, okay, you were really nervous about doing this workout, but how do you feel now? Mm-hmm. And, and was, were those thoughts true? Um, so it's a really good conversation station piece. Yeah. I mean, that brings me to the whole point of, you know, we talk a lot about self-love, like loving yourself. And a lot of times people can't just go love myself. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, it's like literally impossible for anybody to just suddenly, I love myself. Yeah. They need something to get there. So a lot of times with like my own clients, I'll say something like, well, you know, can you find a flower that you find beauty in or the sky or trees, but working out's the same thing. Like you just said, you're going in, not wanting to do it. But coming out, you start to feel that little bit of pride for yourself, that little bit of, you know, I'm really happy with myself. I feel a little euphoric, like things are doing better in my mind. And that's that trickling effect that we always talk about too, Casey. You know, it just starts to trickle out and then it suddenly starts to make a greater and greater impact in your daily life. So I'm, I'm all about that. And I think for teens, that's huge because that is the point in their lives. Like you were saying, Taylor, where they just lose themselves, you know, they lose that confidence factor. They lose where they're going. Um, I mean, that's where we see so much suicide, so much Mm -hmm. self-hatred, disappointment, bullying that goes to a whole nother level. And so I think that the teen, the teen bracket is such a powerful one to go after. And so I give you kudos for that because they're not easy and, you know, and to break that barrier by being their partner. Mm-hmm. in something mm-hmm. is just really powerful. And, you know, and the same thing with first responders, like the people going into Academy, they're scared shitless, right? you know, and you give them that peace of mind. You give them that little bit of a push. That's like, Hey, we've all been there. Like, it's okay to be afraid of something. Yeah. Know? And it's okay to admit like, man, yeah, this is hard right. or because especially first responders like, no, mm-hmm. I'm not Oh yeah. I'm not afraid of anything. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, please. We're we're all human, you know? So, I mean, that is the shit part of the human experience. It's like, we all do feel those emotions. We all do feel those fears that sometimes just stop us from living life completely, which is really unfortunate, but it's overcoming those fears. And I think that mindset reps really gives people great tools to overcome their fear. I mean, their fear might not be putting a 200 pound bar over their shoulders and doing a squat. Their fear might be, you know, going home that evening and what they're going to do with their own selves. And you're giving them that confidence to come out of that. So I love that. Um, The other thing I wanted to talk about, because you do work with a lot of first responders, Mm -hmm. is the EMDR therapy. 
Yeah. Okay? Because this therapy is like I was telling you before we hit record on this, you know, it's a combination of like neuroemotional technique where your eye movement in that too, and also recalling emotion. Um, it's EFT combined, you know, the emotional freedom technique of tapping. So I want you to just kind of explain that because I think that for a lot of people, you know, they, they never think about that with their first responders. They just think that they're heroes that go in, bah, 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 you know, they get used to seeing all this death and destruction and hatred and sickness and, you know, all this stuff that they, they got to just be immune to it. But we all know that that's not the case. So explain to us a little bit how that EMDR works. Yeah. So what EMDR is, is it's eye movement desensitization reprocessing. So essentially what you said, what it is, is it uses bilateral stimulation. So um, left to right movements. So the tapping, mm -hmm. um, or you can hold these little buzzers in your hand that buzz back and forth or your eyes move back and forth while you're thinking about something. And what it does is it kind of just helps your brain to process memories that have kind of been locked in time mm -hmm. and process through them. And it's similar to, so if you, this is creepy, but if you were to watch somebody sleeping when they're having their REM sleep, <laughs> their, eyes are, their eyes are going like this. But that's the point in your sleep that you are processing your emotions. And right. so um, EMDR does a similar thing. It just helps you process through whatever it is that your emotions are or the things that are kind of been locked in your brain. And what I don't think that people realize often is that you cognitively are not going to recognize some of the traumas and stressors that are having an effect on you. Right. You're like trauma somatic. You're going to feel mm -hmm. it in your body first. It's going to come out in other ways. It's going to come out with symptoms of um, anger or irritability mm -hmm. or substance use or um, just like queasy feeling in your stomach, tension in your shoulders, which is definitely me. Um, maybe you're going to have eczema. Maybe, I mean, you, you probably know all of this mm -hmm. and work with all of those things. So um, there's usually a reason behind it. Your body's yeah. trying to compensate. Always. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So um, EMDR can kind of help to get to the root of that problem. And it's cool. People don't have to talk a whole lot, which is great in that right. way too, because people don't want to say some of the things that may have gone on or happened to them. So right. they can just, yeah, think about it. And it's amazing how effective it is. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing that I love the most about EMDR, as well as the other, you know, things that I was talking about, the EFT, the NET, is the fact that you don't have to dive into the story and make it worse. You know what I mean? Because every time we tell a story, I mean, Casey and I've talked about this too. Every time you tell a story, the shit gets worse, mm -hmm. you know? And the next time you tell it, it's like, oh my God, it brings you back there. And the thing is, is that that whole um, therapy is so that it just lifts off. It gets out of the body, it gets out of the system. It's like, we trigger it, we recognize it, it's gone, mm -hmm. you know? And um, that's the beauty of that. And I really, really like it. And I, and I know for a fact, I mean, I've seen the workings of EMDR and how successful it is for people who have been through extremely traumatic experiences. I yeah. mean, PTSD, PTSI, I mean, any of that stuff, you know, it really helps to lift a lot of that um, uh, trauma off of them. 
So let me ask you this, because this is something that I've been curious about, yeah. um, considering I have a brother who's a first responder as well and never says anything about anything. Um, are there a lot of first responders that reach out for this help? So I think a lot of it has to do with the stigma, right? I think it's getting right. better that first responders are starting to reach out for more help because kind of the stigma has been lifted, which mm -hmm. is part of the reason why I do what I'm doing is, you know, I'm sharing some of my vulnerabilities because I want people to think like, okay, it is okay to share some of the struggles that you've gone through because it makes us all better. Right. Um, so I totally lost my train of thought. No, that's okay. Um, oh, and there goes my phone. That's, that was supposed to be your brain wake up, right? Yeah. Someone um, from Pueblo's calling us. We don't know who that is. Thank you for the podcast. <laughs> no, you, you know, you're talking about the struggles that they go through and lifting off, literally lifting off the veil of thinking that it's embarrassing, literally, yes. to have these emotions and these turmoils and these problems and you were speaking yourself. Yeah. And you were speaking from your own experience that, you know, you, you have even, you know, had these traumas that you've used this therapy mm -hmm. to help yourself. Yeah. As first responders, they just like want to put everything over here and not deal with it. And so it's, it is important to in, in no matter where you are in life, all of us have stressors and traumas. So no matter who you are, it's important to not just put it aside. It's really important that if things are coming up and you're feeling stressed or you have things going on in your life to deal with it or to do things that relieve that stress. So mm -hmm. I look at it like your cup, right? Yeah. So every stressor that you have going on in your life, and right now is a perfect example. There's a lot of stress going on. It's like you're dumping more and more into that cup and it can only hold so much. We will compensate for a while and then all of a sudden it will overflow and, mm -hmm. and you, you become know. ill. You mm -hmm. literally become physically ill. Well, it makes um, me, like how long, and I know that it would vary, you know, for every client that you have, but um, like for the teens and for the first responders, like how long do you work with people? You know, do you find that some just need a little bit and then they're kind of good. And then some like maybe keep doing your classes for years. I don't know. I was just kind of curious, like what's the range yeah. of participation? So it depends. So I am definitely probably unique as a counselor that my goal is to get you out of the counseling office okay. yeah. and give you tools to yeah. be able to use on your own so that you can um, build some resiliency, right? And apply things to your life. But it depends on what people are working through. If people have really deep trauma and they have a lot of trauma, it's gonna take a lot longer from th for them to work through that. Yeah. But if somebody, let's say, goes on a bad call and mm -hmm. it's sticking with them and it's bothering them, Usually they can come into my office and be at that call might bother them on a scale of zero to 10. They might be a nine. And by the, by the time they leave, they could be at a one. Mm -hmm. So if it's recent trauma, yeah. it's super quick. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, um, you know, teenagers all have a tendency to work with a little bit longer. Right. Um, I think with the exercise therapy, potentially as this grows, it could be something people do for years and years and years as part of their, you know, just not just their physical health, but it's the goal is to have 
all of your health in one session. You're getting everything um, to continue. You know, yeah, that's getting better. really cool. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's the kind of personal trainer we all need. Oh my God, seriously. You know? <laughs> yes. You, you, leave and you're, you leave and you're completely fulfilled. You know what I mean? <laughs> the only thing you have to do is send them with a sandwich and something to drink, Taylor. Come on, get it together. <laughs> and then they've been, nap on. Yeah, and then yeah, they've been completely the nourished. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, they, and they give them a little, you know, massage and then they don't need to go anywhere ever. Then I'll send them your direction. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We'll just we'll, we'll just build on to the practice, right? Okay, yeah. here's your next step. You get to go uh-huh. see this woman, and now you get to go see this one. So yeah, I love what you said about teaching them the tools so that they have it, you know, for themselves and that they're mm-hmm. empowered, and you know, and it can kind of be like I love that that piece of it because that's so important, right? Like teach them to fish, not give them a fish. Like I really right. hear that yeah. or philosophy. And how powerful is that number one for teenagers? I mean, my goodness, any tools that they have to work with in that regard is amazing. And of course for adults too, you know, but I love that that's, you know, that that's your focus because that's Mm -hmm. where the real power is. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. You know, get starting them early on these positive thinking patterns instead of, you know, having to pick them up at 40 or 50 and say, Hey, did anybody ever tell you that (laughs) you could think positively in life. No. Oh, yeah. You, you can pick them up early and have these people become, you know, turn around and become counselors themselves and, you know, yeah. therapists and uh, personal trainers and all kinds of stuff. Now I do know um, th- because I read it because you told me, <laughs> but um, I do. <laughs> I was just fucking be honest um, because I did read that you are getting into like substance abuse stuff, like helping with people that have substance abuse. I saw something about that where you're starting to go, you're taking classes or training on that count. Yeah. So I worked um, mostly during my internship for um, a new perspective, which does essentially um, DUI and domestic violence treatment classes for adults. Um, and I really, and it, it's group sessions. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because substance use and anger and irritability are symptoms of trauma, oftentimes mm-hmm. it's, right. you know, and so I think that it was, in, it's important to me to really kind of understand that part of things. Mm -hmm. And I've also had people close in my life that have struggled with that. And so just wanting to kind of, part of it's for me, like understand, you know, where, where people are, um, but also being able to, you know, kind of help people through that. It's important to me to kind of understand that piece of it. So um, yeah, I've been working on getting my um, certified addictions counselor is what is what that is in order to just kind of understand that piece further. And you know, that's interesting. That kind of makes me want to discuss this a little bit more. You've sparked something in me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh I know, watch out. (laughs) 
So, you know, here, here's the thing, and this is what I find with people who I deal with that have substance abuse issues or domestic violence. It's exactly what you said. There's a trauma in their life, right? Mm -hmm. And all of these things are so fear-based. I mean, fear ruins life. And I think I said that the first thing on this podcast. And the more and more sucked into fear everybody becomes, the more they have to fight it. So that comes out in anger, that comes out in the substance abuse, that comes out in frustrations with daily life because they're fighting literally a tiger in front of them and they're so afraid of it that they have nothing else to do but fight or flight. You know, that whole, you know, I got to get something to beat the hell out of this image that's coming at me, all these emotions, all this stuff. So I'm, I, I'm interested, we'll have to have you back on once you start really working with people in the substance abuse field, as well as domestic abuse. I'd be interested to see if a lot of that comes from a childhood fear that triggered these emotions and it's stuck, you know, it's literally yeah. stuck in the body and there's no way that they're, you know, they're not processing it correctly. And instead they're hiding from this scary ghost, scary monster that was been in their closet since they were three, you know, yeah. or earlier. Mm -hmm. 100% right you're self-medicating in a way because mm -hmm. you don't want to feel this pain right so that can be physical pain right mm -hmm. I don't want to feel this physical pain so right. I may take something so I don't feel that but the same goes with that emotional pain too like I just I don't want to feel this I'm right. gonna put it over here yeah right and then um that that doesn't work very well putting it over here but it's, they just can't bear feeling that pain. Right. And how much of an increase, I mean, this year, you know, cause you've had oh, your organization for a couple of years, right. And what was it like shifting gears and pivoting this year? Like, did you have to teach virtual and how much more was your work needed by people this year? I mean, I would imagine the need for it mm -hmm. and through the roof and probably even ongoing, like maybe people might be more aware of like, wow, I really need something because you know, they really struggled with something this year inside right. of, you know, what we've been dealing with yeah. pandemic and just how much that really brought to the surface, the fear it brought to the surface, you know, probably mm -hmm. the addictions it brought to the surface. I mean, the mental health issues it brought to the surface. So what has your yeah. experience been this year working with clients? Yeah. So it's, and I can only speak from my experience, but it's been kind of an interesting roller coaster. Um, when the pandemic first hit, I was pretty stinking busy. And then it was like super slow. Like people, I think uh, when um, I had to move my practice online for a while because businesses were absolutely closed. Right. And I think people were really craving that connection. And so trying to build a rapport with somebody over a computer screen is really difficult. Yeah, seriously. So yeah, so the clients that I had that I built a rapport with, it seemed to be okay, mm -hmm. but EMDR is a lot tougher. Oh, and yeah, can you even do it? Stuff that came yeah. to a halt. Yeah. Um. So. So um. Now it's what I'm seeing as I've gotten how I've gotten busier again, and I think a lot of people are really struggling with, especially if they're single or they've gone through a loss or they're going mm -hmm. through a divorce, is that a lot of their positive coping mechanisms have just kind of been taken from underneath them. Like they don't, they don't have the ability to go out and socialize with their friends like they used to, or hang out with their family or go, go to dinner at a restaurant or right. even, you know, during all the wildfires in Colorado, 
like the hunting and fishing and hiking, like that was even off the table. Yep. So, yeah. um, or, or you had to wear a mask. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like a truly crazy, crazy year. Yeah. <laughs> but like Kelly and I talk about on this podcast all the time, like it forced people either you kind of went really down the rabbit hole to addiction, mental health issues, all that, or you just really had to look at yourself and go, wow, where is my center? Where can I find my power within, no matter what's happening in the world around me, you know, that mindset, like, how can I build my mindset so that I can get anything, you know, Mm -hmm. because I'm either going to go down the rabbit hole or I'm just going to get through this and I'm going to come out better for it, you know, Mm -hmm. and I see such a opening for work like yours, you know, that would really benefit because it's exactly what's like, what you're doing is exactly what people need right Mm -hmm. now, if they're willing to you know, ask for it, look for it, et cetera. It obviously takes that first step, right? Be conscious right. enough of it that you seek out the help. I mean, how do most people find you? Is it mostly through word of mouth, um, through referral basis? Yeah, most of it's through referral basis. Yeah. Um, and hopefully world word of mouth. Right. Um, but yeah, that's mostly right now how I kind of get my clients. Yeah. yeah. So referral. Well, you know, and Casey and I actually, that's interesting because we had just talked about that this week, you know, about how, you know, what an outlet would be for healers or people in the therapy, you know, any type of medical field, really. And I had said to Casey, I was like, you know, the thing is about that is that you have to have someone who has worked with somebody and trusted them. Like literally they're, they're sharing their world with you and they have to trust you to then be able to have someone else that's close to them be like, okay, go see them and have them trust that input and then come see you. So it really is a referral base, anything, you know, therapy bound. I mean, you could, you could put yourself in the yellow pages and spend thousands of dollars and you'll get maybe one person if that. Yeah. So it's tough. Yeah. It's definitely a referral base because there's so much, that someone's sharing and entrusting in you. And that's like, you know, they're looking for literally a best friend for their problems. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and don't let me forget when we sign off, I have a good friend in Denver who she, um, she's a former police officer and she started an organization that basically works with like mental health and first responders and all that. I need to connect you guys because I wonder if, you know, you guys work with like kind of similar veins. You might have, you know, like, um, I don't know. You might just be able to benefit one another's work and like refer each yeah. other. I don't yeah. know. I'll, I'll give you Love a that. afterwards. Okay. You know, just things like that, right? That like supporting great. each other who are all kind of working towards the same mm-hmm. goal, you know, maybe with different aspects, but, um, and I have, yeah. And I have a particular friend that does watch this weekly that will probably have her husband be calling you Taylor. Okay, great. So, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, right now is really That's hard. I mean, she, yeah. She shared a couple stories with me last week. And I mean, you were the first person that popped in my mind. I was like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I know. Yeah. I know where to send you. Yeah. I, yeah. Don't come to me. Like I, I'm not a first responder. Like I can't, you know, I can get into your psyche, but I can't, that sounded scary. <laughs> I've been getting a lot of calls, but yeah, I, I can get in there, but I, I can't relate on the level that you can with, yeah. you know, because you've experienced the same things, yeah. you know, it's one there thing is a bond there. It's like, a, yeah, it's a really good, b- have that. yes. Yeah. I mean, it's like Taylor, you're married to a firefighter, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you guys, you get it. 
you know? Yeah. yeah. It might, it might you know, like cause some explosions too, but you, you get where you're coming from. Like, you know, I had a hard day and it's like, there doesn't have to be a lot of questions asked. It's like, I, I, okay, I get it. And that's important. And I think it's the same thing when people are seeking help and advice. Um, it's important that you go to somebody who can truly relate to your story. Right. 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 Yeah. I just like, I'm so turned on by what you're doing. Like I'm so enlivened by it. I'm like, this is so needed, you know, it's well, so brilliant and to integrate the, the mind, the body, and then also to have like, you know, just kind of the endorphins running while you're like to have it all integrated like that is brilliant. I love it. You know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Casey's like huge about putting the body into the mind, into the spirit, you know, she's big about that. And she's really passionate about teens and younger children. Yeah. But it's always been like, what's the access, you know, like, how do you, how do you start? Where do you start? And I think you had a brilliant idea. It's like, how about you start with the body and then move on, you know, kind of like use it as a stepping stone. That is absolutely brilliant. That never occurred to me Mm -hmm. as a way to kind of break that ice or whatever. Like, that's amazing. Well, to be honest, it didn't really occur to me either. And this was the way way that it kind of came about. Best ideas, right? I, after that whole like fitness thing, and I'm like, oh, fitness really benefited me. I started a non-for-profit um, called Steve's Club Ballaretti that taught mm-hmm. CrossFit at-risk kids. Okay. And what I found by doing that was these kids were more willing to work, to open up after a workout than before. And I, mm-hmm. I wanted to connect with them at a deeper level than I needed to, I was trying to figure out like, how can I connect with them at a deeper level? Should I go back to school and study more fitness stuff? And, um, a mentor and counselor, um, friend of mine, she's actually my supervisor. She said to me like, Taylor, well, you need to go get your counseling, your master's in counseling and and to work with them to, to do what you want to do. And I, and I was like, I don't want to go back to school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you just, yep. she was right. Like I needed to go back to school and one study and see if this is even, you know, it, you know, I, I did all of my projects at not through school and worked with all my professors to validate it and be like, does the research even back this up? Yeah. And so that's kind of how that came, came together in a way. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. I love how things like that just kind of organically. Mm-hmm you know, work out and you happen upon something really um, effective and creative. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, and that brings me to another point when you were saying, you know, that they would open up after the workout. And it's so cool that you say that because, I mean, I'm a firm believer in the fact that if you can exhaust the body uh, and in <laughs> a sense, exhaust yeah. the mind, yeah. somebody can completely open up into their struggles without making it their story. Does that make sense? Like, it's like, it just suddenly it's like, okay, well now the spirit is able to come forward and talk about the struggles of the mind and the body. Like the spirit starts to talk consciously for the mind and the ego and the body because Mm -hmm. the mind and the, and the body are so fucking exhausted from having to do 25,000 burpees that, you know, there's no room to fight. Yeah. 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 You know, mm-hmm. there's no more there. The fear factor has gone. It's like, whoa, you're just, you're wasted. And here, here you yeah. go. What, do you, what did you want to know? You know? So I think that that's great. I mean, it's, it's without you even knowing it, Taylor, it is extremely spiritual in the wake up of the spirit itself. 
It's like backdoor access, you know, you're kind of yeah. like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it. Yeah, <laughs> we're knowing what I'm it's doing. Great yeah, that exactly. Though. Right. I, I'm like, I'm like my work where I'm like, <sighs> quiet, you know, they come at me <laughs> like down. first, yeah, they come at me first thing in the morning. Some people then come to me in dreams, you know? Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it, since you've broken it down, it's like, this is, this is a huge Mm-hmm. Um, huge tool mm-hmm. for people. And Taylor, you're brilliant. Like Casey said, I mean, what a good way to, I would love to come and sit in on one of these. Find sit a, in, sister, you're participating. Yeah, I, like all participating. <laughs> I'm just going to watch. I told you to get the sandwich and the damn drink and I'm just going to sit in, right? So no, I would love to come and participate. Like even if you want to do, I mean, I think it'd be fun to do almost like a group one. No, yeah, and that's, I mean, really, it's better yeah. in groups, so we could put together a little group and get you girls. Yeah, <laughs> let's film it. And then we'll, we'll have a little lesson and we'll do the... <laughs> yeah, don't make me do too many squats, okay? <laughs> I'm getting old. Just will make you do too at me at the beginning, but... <laughs> Oh, that's, oh yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, so it reminds me too, Kelly, like, let's say somebody was, you know, I mean, people could kind of use this in their own lives. Like, let's say, mm-hmm. um, you know, you do your workout or you go to your class and then after, maybe that's when you take five to 10 minutes to reflect on what you're dealing with in life. Or maybe that's when your mind is clear enough. Like, it's kind of cool. Like I'm thinking about this now. I'm like, Ooh, that's maybe when you that's meditate. an intentional time that you do meditate, that you mm-hmm. do your journaling, that you do your consciousness work, you know, mm-hmm. because you have now calmed the body down. Like I see mm-hmm. it like a calm, a relaxation, it kind yep. of, you know, evened it out. Like that's kind of cool. I've never thought about that. Like the, yeah. Yeah, a really time to have yeah. insights or to work through things or whatever. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And you're, you're right too, because a lot of the studies show, even with um, education and stuff that kids are going to learn better. Oh my God, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So huh. um, yeah, I think, you know, for a little experiment for people who are watching this, one of the big, the most basic things that you can do is before you go to the gym, just track hmm. what your motivation is or where you are, like, how am I on a scale of zero to 10? How am I feeling today? Mm-hmm. And then when you leave the gym, like tracking that again mm-hmm. and recognizing that you're probably like, man, I feel confident. I feel motivated. I feel all of these things and writing that down mm-hmm. because the next time that you're like, yeah. I really would rather just hit <laughs> snooze. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you will start to make that connection of but I feel this way after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's really good. Yeah. No, that is really good. I mean, that's, that's a good way to journal too. Yes. It's a, you know? it's a great, it's a great way to journal about a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know, is but journaling powerful for the teens you work with. Like, is that part of your counseling techniques sometimes? Yeah. They all have journals. They all have a self-reflection time at the end of the session to be able to write things down. Um, so we do some of it before and then we do some of it after, but, um, yeah, that's definitely part of it. Journaling is a really, some people don't like writing, so you have to kind of figure out what works for people, but Mm -hmm. it's a really powerful way to kind of process through some of the things that are going on in your brain. Mm 
Mm -hmm. um, if you're laying awake at night and your brain is just spinning, it's trying to process stuff. So if that happens on a regular basis to, to start setting some time aside in the day where you sit down and journal is really great. Um, if you're journaling about something stressful or traumatic, however, it, you want to not reread it. You want to just throw it away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now we, we had a whole, um, podcast on journaling. Oh, really? This, yeah. And this, well, no. we had, we had like the journal specialist, Greg, shout out to Greg. Um, and, and this is something that I brought up to him and, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it since you, I think it would be powerful. You can either implement it or you can just throw it out. <laughs> like you just said, but what, what I had said to Greg and he said it was kind of, what did he say, Casey? It was advanced, advanced journaling. journaling. Yeah. So, you know, having them write these things out, but then following it by writing out the positives, yes, you know, following with positivity so that, you know, they're not ending on, I hate this or yeah. I feel like shit or whatever the case is. Instead, ending with a positive note or going back, reading, rereading, and then rewriting, literally rewriting every sentence in a form. You have them do that. I mean, hell, you probably already have them do it. Yeah, it's really, no, I think that's great. And it's so important to, we don't recognize how powerful our thoughts are mm -hmm. and we're building all these neurotransmitters in our brain that go based on kind of what we're thinking and our thinking influences our emotions, our physiological reactions and our behaviors. So um, if you're thinking about something in a negative light, you're going to have like negative emotions and you may not perform as well or do as well, or you may have be irritable. Whereas if we have positive ways of thinking and we're constantly trying to implement those into our mind, then it's going to go down a more positive route where we're going to have more positive outcomes. So even if you have something negative, you know, like, oh, I failed the CPAT the first time that I'm saying like, that's okay. It's a learning opportunity. Now I have a chance to get better. Um, this is my goal, you know, so you're, you're setting your mind in a more positive direction. Right. Beautiful. That's awesome. So I would like you to kind of tell people how they can get a hold of you. We will put, I think I already put a ton, by the way, I am not tech savvy. Okay. I just shared that with, I just shared that with one of my friends today who like thought I was literally tech savvy. I was like, Kellen, I am anything but tech savvy. So here's the thing. I put a whole bunch of links I somehow managed <laughs> when I, when I advertised that we were going to be doing this podcast, but what's another way besides those links, or is that how you want people to get a hold of you is to go to your website? Um, no, those, I mean, those are definitely resources. So there's my okay. Facebook page, which is, um, mindset reps. And then Instagram is different because they, somebody had mindset reps. So it's mindset.reps. Okay. Um, you can email me, which is taylor at mindsetreps.com. Okay. I love to get emails from people. So that's a great way to get a hold of me. Um, and you know, I'm happy to answer any questions or be able to dig in deeper with people if they're looking for more like coaching or they want to get involved in fitness groups or anything like that. I also have an online course coming out in about Ooh. six weeks on building resiliency. That's exciting. Awesome. Yeah. So if you want in on that and I'll give you a special deal, then people can email me that too. And 
I can get them all set up. And there's a Very fitness nice. component. Like, is it something you'll do at there home? Then talk a little bit about component. it. Yeah. So it is um, six weeks. So there's six modules and oh, wow. for five days a week, you just spend like 10 minutes a day. So it's like, Hey, I want you to learn this skill first, mm -hmm. then you'll build on it. And then you'll learn a different skill. Oh. It's not a ton of time. And then every week there are workouts that challenge you and go along with kind of what you're learning for that week. Wow. That's oh a gosh. brilliant idea. I love that. How long have you been cooking this up or is it kind of, recent? Oh, this has been okay. So tech, not my, why <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't tell you how to no. having some trouble with the registration, <laughs> but <laughs> it's been, it's been a year that I've been oh. working on putting this together and it's wow. just about ready to launch. So that's amazing. Congratulations. Taylor, yeah. That's huge. Really good, good for you. So yeah, so that's another option for people. And is it just you, um, you know, for now at Mindset Reps, like, is it just you or are there others that work with you? It's just me. I did have another girl that was working with me for a little while, but um, with COVID, a lot of stuff yeah. kind of just got put on the back burner. Right. And, but that being said, like, I, I want to, you know, work with other people as a team. It's not, yeah. I'm not trying to like do this on my own. That's yeah, for sure. I was just curious. So in the future, like you do see this, I mean, what's your, what's your ultimate vision for mindset reps? If it could be everything you wanted it to be like, what are you growing into? I would, I mean, my big dream and goal, and we're a long way off from that, right. Would be to be able to have fitness and therapy or you know, mindset training mm -hmm. classes that are run all over by different trainers that are kind of trained to be able to do that and just have that be something that a lot of people have access to just because I see the benefit in that. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see that being too far off for you I at know. all. Yeah. But some... especially, especially having the segue that you do into the first responder world. Yeah. I almost feel like this could be, you know, implemented into that whole entire community worldwide, you know, and then also with um, the Steve's club stuff, you know, I mean, look at how big some big brothers and sisters, isn't that what it's called? Yeah. Brothers and sisters, you know, look how big that got. And, you know, and the Steve's club can be that whole kind of take to um, putting these teens in this therapy that you do. I mean, I, I see these great things for you, Taylor. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I tend to pride myself on sometimes seeing things correctly. So <laughs> well, you do have that gift. <laughs> so I, I do see that happening for you in a big way. So I, I'm, we're so thrilled that you were on here with us this evening. Are there any, anything that we didn't ask you or say that you would like to express at this point? No, I don't think so. I think okay. um, we covered a lot of it. And like I said, I'm open for if anybody has any questions or wants to know anything. Yeah, please hit me up. Email you. Yeah. And I yeah. do have that email, Casey, because Casey, since I'm not tech savvy, she is. <laughs> so yeah, like Casey, higher than you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? But that step is a very large step in the world of tech. So we will definitely post all of that stuff so everybody can check that out. Um, Casey, did you have anything else that you wanted to ask Taylor or you're good? No, I just wanted to say like, thank you so much for doing the work that you do, yeah. you know, and making that kind of impact because mm -hmm. every little bit 
count, Helps. you know, and it's just going to be needed more and more. So I love that you answered your calling and you just went for it and started it and did it. And you know, that now you're doing this online course and then that can kind of grow. Like I just, you know, thank you for doing the work you do. I think it's awesome. And thank you for totally like, I mean, I'm so inspired. I know our listeners <laughs> are going to be so inspired. This like, yeah. it just opened up kind of some new, even like mental doors, you know, to kind of think about things and um, yeah. I don't know, expand in our own fucking growth opportunities. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, right. Coming and, on. Yeah. And thank you too, Taylor, for your work as a first responder as yes. well. I know yes. you guys have Shout had, out. you know, some serious trials and tribulations, this lovely last, what has it been like eight months? <laughs> oh my, year? I don't yeah. even know. Gosh, <laughs> no kidding. Seriously. Keep piling it on, you know. Yeah, I know. Right. You guys <laughs> yes. can take it. Bless you. Bless. So, all of you. Yeah. And, um, say hello to your two cute little boys. We have to get everybody together. How yeah. old are they? How old are your they kids? They are five and six. Oh, oh see? Uh-oh. Don't come over to my house. These girls might crush. Oh my okay. gosh, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, um, and you know, so this is something else that I, I kind of wanted to put out before we end this is that, Taylor, I just got this like vision too of you almost implementing this as well into the fishing that you do because you were like huge into the fit into fishing like huge yeah. mm-hmm. and i can see you actually taking this on retreat basis too which yeah, i think would be would, awesome yeah that and and, awesome. and just to kind of put it out there i i next week we have brad ludden you know brad brad's gonna be on and i don't know if you've ever thought about talking to brad i'm gonna make his ass listen to this yeah um if you've ever thought about talking to him about you know, putting some of this into FD. You yeah, know, I would love to. On a larger scale. That um, is a great idea. I mean, that'd be really great. Even if you did like a fishing thing too, yeah. you know, and you kind of totally the EMDR yeah. into that because, you know, there's a lot of that with cancer patients as we know. So mm-hmm. yeah, cancer, yeah. I definitely. mean, that would be interesting. And I think this is a beautiful, I decided to have you first and then him because it's kind of like, it segues into the the physical world dealing with yeah. the emotions through physicality. So I love this. So Taylor, thank you so much. You're, no, and thanks for having me. And thank yes. you ladies for what you do too. Cause it is, this is yeah. amazing. And I've been enjoying, you know, catching up and watching a lot of the podcasts and Casey, I'm having my kids watch your son's video. <laughs> it's so awesome. I love it. He's such a cutie pie. He, he's yeah. very in touch, you know? <laughs> so yeah. Um, Taylor, you don't have to sign off, but we are going to end the recording and um, thank you everybody for watching and please do reach out to Taylor, especially if you feel like there's a loved one, a friend, um, or even yourselves that could really benefit from her services because this is one way to make that next step into becoming the love within yourself. So Bless all of you and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Thank you.